Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. We're starting a new series and uh, I've got 15 minutes because I've been praying for people. Thank you, Rohan. Give Rohan a big clap. And uh, I'm starting a new series called The Holy Spirit. The reason I'm doing this series and the reason we're going to talk about this and is basically because this is a really, really foundational part of walking with God is understanding who and what the Holy Spirit was all about. And I, I think in this country, with all of the representation of what religion is, and what it's supposed to be. Um, you can turn this down, it's really loud. It's, it's really loud. Yeah, I'm holding it back because I'm scared. Hello? Okay, you can turn it down a little more. Yeah, that's good. Um, in this nation where we, we, are, we have... Um, on your way home, there's, you, you'll, be, you'll be just bombarded with what, what it is that God is supposed to be, right? And um, one of the, the things that we as followers of Christ can get lost in is, is like, w how is it that we connect with God? How is it that we uh, are to kind of pray? Or how is it that we are, what is the initial thing that we need to do in order to, to get into that zone with God or get into that, that spiritual kind of connection with God? And um, there, are, there are lots of lots of theories there are lots of 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 uh, sort of teachings out there that would would try to kind of direct a person in in that way but the bible has this way that is extremely simple and it's not just a way actually it's actually a it's actually a person <laughs> it's a person the holy spirit is a person and, and this may be uh, an answer to a question you may have about why is it that um, we uh, have, a, have a room like this without any kind of real imagery of God or um, of a depiction of God, like a picture of Christ. Or I mean, we have this sort of bamboo cross happening that we had for Easter, which we're going to take down soon. Um, you know, because it's 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 not Easter anymore. It's been lovely though. It's it's so lovely, isn't it? It's nice. But um, we're going to take that down because we like to keep things fresh and all of that sort of stuff. Um, we we don't really need to have a cross up. We don't we don't need to have a picture of Jesus up. We don't need to have any image. Um, and here's here's why. Here's why, is because we have this person called the Holy Spirit who is with us always. That's why. Uh, now, we could, we could go, and, um, and there are those amongst our faith and Christians, not in this church, that would love to argue with, uh, with a person who maybe needs that image and argue and argue about how wrong it is and all of that sort of stuff. Listen, if we start doing that, we've lost the whole point. You know what we need to do is just introduce people to the Holy Spirit. Introduce Jesus to them through the form of the Holy Spirit. Once they get that Holy Spirit, it's like 
all of these other things become irrelevant and it don't really matter anyway. You're not going to, you know, who knows, you're not going to win anyone uh, over to, to Jesus by arguing with them. You know, about what's wrong, what's right, and what should be doing and what shouldn't be doing and all of those sorts of things. Uh, let me tell you something. You, you're, you're barking up the wrong tree and, and because you, you'll find that Jesus, when you, when you look at his life and everything that he did, he never did that. He never argued with anyone. The only people he was actually arguing with was the religious people. Uh, he wasn't really arguing with them. He just put them in the place all the time because they were trying to put all these things before God that you had to do in order to, be, to, to connect with him. He's like, no, I'm here. Connect with me. Yeah. And it's the same now. It's like the Holy Spirit saying, no, you don't have to do all of this, that, this, that, this, that, and the other. Just come. I'm here. I'm here. And... and the Holy Spirit, I mean, He is present amongst His church. He is present amongst us right now, but He's present with you always, always, always in the form of His Spirit. And you'll feel it when you begin to connect with Him. You'll feel it. You'll know it. So I haven't got much time, but um, I want to... I want to read to you some scriptures. Um, we have this day coming up that Richard Butter, uh, who's a great friend of mine, is a great man of God, done an amazing thing. He's been coming for, to India for the past 15 years, twice a year. I mean, the guy's been, uh, he's one of the reasons why Rachel and I are here in terms of his training and his coaching. And uh, I'm looking forward. He's going to be here on what's called the Day of Pentecost. And he's going to be preaching on that day. The day of Pentecost is something that we celebrate as a church. And we're going to continue every year to celebrate as a church. Um, and I want to talk about that. Um, who knows? Who's heard of this day of Pentecost? Hands up. It's okay if you haven't. I don't want to alienate anyone. You're like, you've heard of the day of Pentecost. You know, you've kind of at least, you don't know what it is. You've at least heard it talked about. Okay. The day of Pentecost. Well, let me talk about this quickly. The day of Pentecost was a day... Um, that was actually a Jewish holiday. So the, the um, Christianity, uh, this faith that we have in Jesus, comes, has Jewish roots. You, you know that, right? It has Jewish roots. So uh, a lot of our, our things that we believe, a lot of the stuff, that traditions that we have, will have roots in Ju Judaism and Judaism uh, traditions. Now, one of these uh, holidays, you know, every kind of belief system has a holiday, right? Well, the, the Jews had this one holiday that they would celebrate, this, this celebration called, called Pentecost. Okay? And it's really cool. Um, the day of Pentecost was uh, to celebrate when, when, God, when God gave the law on Mount Sinai to Moses. So who knows about the Ten Commandments? You've heard of the Ten Commandments? Um, uh, Simon's just going to come up now and recite them. <laughs> Thou shall not put Simon on the spot. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but this was something that was observed as a holiday. And, uh, you know, everyone knows everyone just loves to have a holiday. So why don't we make a holiday about it? So every year they would remember this was the day that they gave the law out on Mount Sinai. Uh, the interesting thing about the word Pentecost is it, is it, is it means this. Pente means five and cost or costa means um, to the power of ten. 
Okay? So it's, it basically, Pentecost basically means this, 50. That's what it means, 50, right? Pentecost means 50. Why 50? Because it was 50 days after that the law was, that, that they would celebrate. So they had the, um, they had the Passover, which was where Jesus died, rose again, right? That was a Passover. Passover is a whole other Jewish holiday. And then 50 days after that, they would celebrate this, this, um, this Pentecost where it was the giving of the law, okay? Um, and uh, Jesus died on, 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 on Passover. He was a Passover lamb. No, I'm not going to explain all of that. I'm going I'm to talk about Pentecost right now. And then Mount Sinai was where the law was given. Now, here's, here's why I'm telling you all about this, okay? Because when Sinai happened, when God came and gave the Ten Commandments, right, there, there was this big thunderous cloud. Um, I won't read it to you, but I'll, I'll just explain. There was this big thunderous cloud that came, and it was scary. This big loud noise happened. Everybody was afraid and, because God suddenly appeared. Um, just picture this. They're wandering through the desert, the Israelites, and, and they come to this mountain, and God appears at this mountain, and Moses goes up. And they're all like, Moses, you go up because we're so afraid. Okay? Um, and then God, he writes the law onto some stones, right? And, uh, and 3,000 people that day touched the mountain and died. You know that? Because it was the presence of God and n n nobody can come into the presence of God. They, they touched the mountain and died. Well, on the day of Pentecost, there's this loud noise that happens. And there's this huge sound that happens. And there's fire as well that goes on people's heads. Right? And then... God writes his law on the people's hearts. And you know how many people got saved and came to Jesus on the day of Pentecost? 3,000. Isn't that cool? Well, that was a bad clap. I'm sorry. That was... See, God does this throughout the Bible. This is one of the reasons why like, you, can, you can do all of these kind of studies on everything that lines up within the Bible. And you just go, I don't, you, couldn't, you couldn't even make that happen if you tried. Um, and the Holy Spirit, he came. It was visible. Um, let me, let me uh, read it to you um, uh, from Acts chapter, I think I'm going to go from my Acts chapter 2 verse 1 to 21, my, my third scripture. I'm, just, I'm skipping a few because I've run out of time. But it says here, when the, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound, like the blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. We'll talk about speaking in tongues in the next few weeks to come. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. It's just a normal old day in Jerusalem. Everybody's going about their business, but there's this 120 people who are walking around talking in everybody's language that was there, and they had fire on their heads. 
That's a weird day. You just imagine you're down at Pali Market or you're down at Welly Seaface or you're down at, 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 on Calaba Causeway and there's a group of 120 people and something is just up with them. Okay, that you ain't never seen. Everyone's talking loudly in different languages and there's fire on their heads. Has anybody <laughs> seen that happen? No, but it happened. Okay, now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, they came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken, utterly amazed. They asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language, Parthians, Medes, Alamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontius and Asia, Phygra, Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. I just want to stop there for a moment. I have seen, when you talk about these sorts of things, and this is for those who have been around in church for a long time, I have seen how the, the Holy Spirit and anything talking about the Holy Spirit gets totally off track when it doesn't make sense to the people who don't know Jesus yet. <laughs> the day of Pentecost happens, each one spoke in the language for the person that was there to understand what was going on. That was what got their attention, was the fact that, hold on a second, these guys are speaking my language. And I understand what's going on. How is this even possible? And uh, we need to take a note from that as the church. That's why we, we as a church will not, we, we, won't, we won't do stuff that people can't understand. I just won't do it. Because it's like, well, I don't know that that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. I, I don't think that that's what happened. I don't think that's why the Holy Spirit came and did what he did. Um, everybody was, 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 that was there could hear their language. Jesus speaks the language of the generation that is calling out to him. Amen? And the church needs to be speaking that language. We need to be relevant where God has put us. The Holy Spirit is not going to make you irrelevant. He's going to make you relevant. And if that relevance means that you dance around like a ballerina, well then fair enough. But as long as it's relevant, if it's not, then it's probably not the Holy Spirit. Some, verse 13, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleventh, with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowds. Fellow Jews! And all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, they are not still drunk from the night before. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be. So Peter goes into this like sermon. 
And he kind of covers all bases. That's why he starts talking about the end times. When, when God comes back, there's going to be the sun turning into red and all of those sorts of those sorts of things haven't happened yet. But let me tell you something. What has happened is the Holy Spirit came and he stayed. And as a result, 3,000 people got saved and came. And this was the birthing place of the church. Who was this spirit that came? Who was this God that, that presented himself all of a sudden? Well, it was the same spirit that was present at the beginning of the world. In, in, in Genesis chapter 1, you'll see this. You'll see that it says, The Spirit of God hovered. The Spirit of God hovered over the abyss, over the, over the heavens and the earth. It's the same Spirit that came on the day of Pentecost. It's the same Spirit that was ministering to you this morning. If you felt something in your heart, even a, just a twinge of something going on, pulling or something, God is doing something in my heart. That is the same Spirit that was present, that, that God spoke and the whole entire world was created as a result. And He's a person. The Holy Spirit is the reason why we don't have symbols, why, don't we, why we don't have some sort of image that we've created to connect with God. We don't need it. He pours himself out on us. That's what the prophet Joel had said. Joel, this, this prophecy was given like thousands of years before this event. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. I think it's sad when people have to have images in order to connect with God, when if they would just know that the Holy Spirit wants to come and fill them and walk with them and in them and, and, and help them in every way of their life, that they would just know Him. Holy Spirit's a person. He's here. This is one I'm going to go over over the next few weeks. I'm going to read something to you and then I'm going to finish up because I've run out of time. But what I'm hoping for everyone to realize over the next weeks as you come to church is what it is that the Holy Spirit is here to do in your world and what He wants to actually help you with. Let me read this to you. This is by one of my favorite theologians and authors, a guy called Gordon Fee. And it says this, The Spirit searches all things. And if you're taking notes, if you're fast, you can take down the scripture references for this. But I'm going to be using this over the next few weeks for my sermons, so it's okay. Um, but the Spirit searches all things. Okay? First, He searches all things. He searches out your heart. He searches out the stuff in you that you don't understand. He searches out the reason why you can't overcome some things and he helps you overcome it. He searches all things. He knows, you know, he knows the true motivations of our hearts. He knows what we really want. Sometimes we don't even know what we want. We think we do, but we don't. He searches all things. And then he knows the mind of God. He knows the mind of God because he is God. That's 1 Corinthians 2.11. He teaches the content of the gospel to believers. This is why we can't argue people into the kingdom of God. All you can do is pray for people that they begin to know Jesus, that they can actually begin to understand Him because He, he is the one that teaches us 
who he is through the form of the Holy Spirit. He dwells among or within believers. He dwells among or within believers. 1 Corinthians 3.16, Romans 8.11, 2 Timothy 1.14. 2 he accomplishes all things. 1 Corinthians 12.11. He gives life to those who believe. Anybody want some life? That's 2 Corinthians 3.6. He cries out from within our hearts. Isn't that cool? This is who the Holy Spirit is. He cries out from within our hearts. That's Galatians 4.6. He leads us in the ways of God. He leads us. Anybody need a leader? Anyone lost? Anyone gotten to a place where you're like, I, I just don't know. I don't know, but he leads us in the ways of God. Galatians 5.18, Romans 8.14. He bears witness with our own spirit. That means he, he, he testifies before God as to who we are. He says, that is your child to God. He bears witness. Romans 8.16. He has desires that are in opposition to your flesh. And he wants to lead you in those desires because they're the desires of God. It's Galatians 5.17. He helps us in our weakness. Anybody need help in your weakness? He intercedes on our behalf. You know what that means? He prays for you. When you're too weak, have you ever gotten to that place where you're like too weak to say all the right things that you think you need to say before God? When everything, when all you can do before God is just go, oh God, I don't know. Well, let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is there praying for you. He's praying for you. He's interceding. God himself is praying for you, interceding on your behalf. Intercede, to intercede for someone is to take, is, is like to, to pick someone up who can't walk anymore and come alongside them and just pick them up. And help them to walk. That's what interceding is. He does that for you. He works all things together for our ultimate good. Romans 8.28. He strengthens believers. Ephesians 3.16. And is grieved by our sinfulness. And furthermore, the fruit of the Spirit's indwelling. The fruit of the Spirit. Are the personal attributes of God himself. Love, joy, peace, kindness, forgiveness. Galatians 5, 22 to 23. See, this is who the Holy Spirit is. This is why we need to know what is going on when we talk about the Holy Spirit and all that he does and all that he is. He is a person and he has a purpose and he is God's agent of change and God's agent of, 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 uh, of what God wants to do in this day and age. We, we, we sometimes we, we go, oh, I, I know this Jesus and I know this concept of the Father, but the Holy Spirit, I'm really not sure of who that is. But, but let me tell you something, the Bible really talks so clearly about who He is and that He is present and He is searching. He knows, He teaches, He dwells. 
He accomplishes, he gives life, he cries out, he leads us, he bears witnesses, bears witness, he has desires, he helps us, he intercedes, he works all things together for good, he strengthens us, he's grieved by, by our failures and he helps us in those, in that grievance and he, and, he, and he helps us to, and leads us back to God when we fail. Let me tell you something, the Holy Spirit is here right now. And it is not like kind of this oblong gray kind of cloud. It's a person. It's a person. It's a person. I've heard the Holy Spirit talked about in so many ways. I've seen him represented in so many ways. The, one of the other big ways I've seen him represented is you, you see these guys and they're like talking about and maybe God uses them. I mean, God will use anything. He used a donkey in the Old Testament to speak to, to a guy. And I've seen these guys, and they're on big, big stages in front of thousands of people with all the lights and all of the stuff and making a lot of money. Selling the lie that they are more gifted in the Holy Spirit than everybody else in the room. It's a lie. Let me tell you something. If you've got a gift of healing, like if God has given you a gift of healing, you don't need to be on a stage to heal someone. You just pray for a person and they'll get healed. Yeah. This, this day and age of kind of the big man of God, he's got more spirit than me kind of thing and he has a, a special connection that I don't have to, you know, to God. It's, it's, it's not true. It's not true. It's, it's not true. It's, what, what, what is true is the Holy Spirit is with you. And he's in you. And he's given you something that is so special. He wants to lead you and he's a person and it's personal. He wants to speak to you. And, and today you saw me as I filled up this altar with all you guys and, and, and even as I spoke to some of the people about what I felt the Lord had for them. That, that's not something that is, that is really special about me. It's not anything that's special about me. That's something that's special about God. Because... When I, was, when I was a young man, um, I couldn't even walk into a public place, a place like a party or, a, or a, sort of a place where there was lots of people without getting lockjaw. I, wouldn't, I would be so nervous about speaking to people that I would get, my, my jaw would clamp down and my jaw would get really tense. And, and I remember so many times when I was a young man, I'm just kind of shaking at the thought of being in public. <laughs> just like a real introvert type of guy. But here I am speaking to crowds every weekend. Wow. It's not because I'm special, it's because the Holy Spirit's special. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what you're going to discover as you walk with Jesus, as you walk with Him, is the special things that God wants to do in you. Mm -hmm. And it could be healing. 
You know, God, God is a supernatural God. He doesn't exist within the bounds of time and space and physicality like we do. He can do whatever he wants. And you know who he wants to do it through? You. And whether he use me, uh, it, it would just be so to build his church, but he wants to use all of us to build his church. I'm hoping over this series that if there are people who have a gift of evangelists, that it gets activated. If there are people who have a gift of, of, of healing, that it gets activated. If there are people that have a gift of, of, of leadership and pastoring, and all of, there's so many things in the Bible that, that come as a result of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit working in a person. And it, it all becomes active in Him. Sometimes when you, when you hear the person, people talk, talking about the Holy Spirit and what God is doing through them, it's almost like they're, they're sort of saying, I've got God working in me and he's not in you, or I'm better than you because I've got God doing all of these things in my lives, in my life. Look, listen, if, if that's the case, they haven't read their Bible because all the Holy Spirit does he doesn't make a person better than anyone else. What the Holy Spirit does is he makes a person better than themselves. That's what the Holy Spirit does for each one of us. The Holy Spirit makes us better for ourselves or better than ourselves. He, he makes you better than anything you could ever dream of being. And he empowers you to do it. Holy Spirit is a, is a spirit of empowerment. He wants to empower you. To live beyond anything you could ever live beyond. And it all starts as you get to know him personally. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at c3mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.